Good morning, everyone. Greetings to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, geez, time's going fast. I might have to cut it short. I'll give you half today and half next year. Okay, um, everyone that's visiting, I'd like to welcome everyone. Um, just a special welcome to my brother and his family who flew up from Melbourne to spend the week with us. Um, so today we'll be diving into a familiar parable. It's a parable that everyone knows. It comes to you from the book of Matthew. It's the parable of the sower. So if you have your Bibles with you, would you please turn to Matthew 13. We'll be reading verses 1 to 9 and 18 to 23. give you a little bit of time to find it. Okay, time's up. Um, <clears throat> that same day, Jesus went out to the house and sat beside the sea. The great crowds gathered about him so that he got into the boat and sat down. And the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on the rocky ground, <clears throat> where they did not have much soil. And immediately they sprung up. Since they had no depth in soil, but when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. Now verses 18 to 23, this is the actual interpretation, so it's, uh, it's quite... Um, it's, it's, it's good that we have an interpretation so I don't have to make it up. Jesus is saying it right here, so we can just read it from here. So uh, verse 18. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes up and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. As for that... As for what was sown on the rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. But when tribulation and persecution arises on the account of the word, immediately he falls away. As for what was sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of the riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. As for what was sown on the good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and another thirty. Amen. Oh, that was long. So what is a parable? 
Does anyone know what a parable is? Amen. So that's right. Parables are usually short stories to uh, try and emphasize a greater truth. Now, the main purpose of a parable is to make uh, large ideas um, easy to grasp. So when the parable in the Bible is used, it always uses examples um, of that day that the people can understand. So for this particular parable, Jesus uses uh, farming culture, uh, the farming customs of that time. So where the farmer would uh, throw seeds on the ground and then plow them before, before they spring up. And so another way to explain a parable is uh, it's an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Now this well-known parable here, it's more about the different soils than it is about the seeds. You know, each soil represents our hearts. And um, this parable explains why some of us are able to receive the word and some of us aren't. So Jesus is exposing the condition of our hearts. And each one of us here is represented by these different soils. So by the end of the sermon, I hope that we would all understand how we receive the word and why others just can't receive it. Now, why did Jesus speak in parables? Uh, first of all, he didn't speak in parables to confuse anyone because God is not an author of confusion. But there was a few reasons, and one of them is that um, a parable was to fulfill a prophecy. So in Psalm 72.8, God says, I will open my mouth in a parable, and I will utter dark sayings of old. Now the other reason why Jesus spoke in a parable was to hide the truth from those that already had hard hearts, those that did not understand the word of God but at the same time revealing the truth to those who understood and believed. So in verse 11, he says, To you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom. To you, those who understand. But to them, those who don't understand, it has not been granted. So verse 1, as we read, That day Jesus went out to the house and was sitting by the sea. And the large crowds gathered to him. So he got into a boat and sat down, and the whole crowd was standing on the beach. So we see here in this passage, Jesus is actually preaching from a boat. This is on the Sea of Galilee. The large crowd that gathered to hear him preach on that day, other than his disciples, would be made up of Israelites, Galileans, and Judeans. And Jesus says to them, Behold, the sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell beside the road, and the birds came up and ate them. Now, what does this mean? We can find out on the interpretation, verse 19. Verse 19 says, When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is the one whom seed was sown by the road. So we can see from this that the seeds here, are actually it's actually the word of the kingdom, described in verse 19. And the evil one mentioned in verse 19, it's actually none other than Satan. 
So the first example is speaking to those people who hear the word of God but do not understand it because of the hardness of their hearts. And they, you know, we've all been there before and it's kind of like people that flat out refuse the word of God. Now you're probably wondering how does a person become in that state? How does a person's heart become so hard? Did God create some people to have hard hearts and some people to have fruitful hearts? No. God desires everyone to be saved. But in Hebrews 13.3, Paul says, But encourage one another day after day, as long as it is still called today, so that none of you will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. So sin is the problem. You see, church, living in sin without repentance and without a desire to change has an effect on your heart. And over time, your heart becomes hard and it becomes stubborn to the word of God. Now, we all know what it's like to talk to a stubborn person or be stubborn yourself. It's like talking to a brick wall, you know. It's like there's a force field here. And my wife's talking and this is no effect. <laughs> I can't hear anything. So that's the same as what it's like to uh, talk. Um, it's the same as like when you're planting seeds on the, on the ground, the hard ground. It just won't grow. Because you see, church, the problem is not the sower. The problem is not the sower or the seed. It's the soil. The seed that was planted has been snatched away from Satan. So Satan is always, we know Satan, he's always looking, you know, for those that have heart in their hearts so he can steal their joy. Just as Satan's, just as it is Satan's job to kill, steal and destroy, it is our job to make sure that our hearts are not hardened. Verse 5. Others fell on rocky places where they did not have much soil and they immediately sprung up because they had no depth in soil. But when the sun had risen, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. So for this example, we will go down to verse 20 and 21. It reads, The one whom seed was sown on the rocky places, this is the man who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no firm root in himself, but is only temporary. And when affliction and persecution arises of the word, because of the word, he immediately falls away. So in this uh, particular example, these people, they may call themselves believers, Christians. They even talk like Christians, they act like Christians. But the truth is, as soon as the walk starts to cost them something in their lives, something like their comfort, their time, their money, their careers, their friends, all of a sudden, their profession for Christ is long gone. Because why? Because they did not have any firm root in themselves to begin with. If your faith is not rooted in Christ, then you will always be shaken when trials arise. We're not here just for the good times. We're here for the hard times too, folks. 
Now, I'm confident here that no one here believes that the Christian walk is a walk in the park. Now, I'm not saying that the Christian walk is not joyful, because I believe we should all be joyful. Now that we are saved, we are in Christ, we're seated at the right hand with the Lord, we should be joyful. But what Jesus is saying here is that when difficulties and suffering times arise, we do not walk away. We are so lucky to be living in a world where we can freely uh, worship, you know, in the western part of the world. We're not being persecuted like our brothers and sisters in the Middle East, in uh, places like Afghanistan, North Korea. You know, worshipping the Lord to them is death. So in Peter, in 1 Peter 4.12, it says, Behold, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you, to test you as though something strange was happening to you. That's a familiar passage that we all know. But notice in this verse, it does not say if it comes upon you, but when. It's just a matter of time, when our faith is tested. Verse 7 to 8. Others fell among the thorns, and the thorns came up and choked them out. For that verse, we'll go to verse 22. And the one whom seed was sown among the thorns, this is the man who hears the word and the worries of the world and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. So in this illustration we see the thorns here, they actually, um, that I mentioned in this one, they actually refer to the worries of the world and the deceitfulness of wealth. Now these particular people who seem to receive the word but are easily distracted. It's kind of like when you're at school and the school report says that your son is always distracted. Distracted, that's like my report when I was younger. So these people here, they cannot let go of the pleasures of the world and the lusts of this world. Jesus says in Matthew 6.27, And who of you, by being worried, can add a single hour to his life? And it's funny that some of us think that we can worry ourselves out of a situation. You know, we can worry so much that we're going to live longer. It actually goes the other way. You worry so much, you live shorter. So, and the thing is, when we worry too much about every little thing, you're basically saying to the Lord that I don't trust you with my life. So what about the deceitfulness of wealth? Why is wealth considered in this passage deceitful? I think we know the answer to that. And it's because wealth gives you a false sense of fulfillment. A lot of people think that having riches in the world will solve all your problems. But in Timothy 6.10 it says, For the love of money is the root of all sorts of evil. And some by longing for it have wandered away from the faith. And pierced themselves with many griefs. Now I want you to notice in that passage, it doesn't say that money is the root of all evil. Let's be clear here. Money is not the root of all evil. And it doesn't say that those who have money are evil. So make sure you're soaking that in. Because a lot of people always say that people who have money are evil. You've got to read very carefully. It says... For the love of money is the root of all sorts of evil. Some of you may say, 
well, it doesn't apply to me because I'm broke all the time, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> but again, you're wrong again because it says, doesn't say this, but I'm going to say this. You can still be broke and still love money. What about that one? <laughs> and you can still be rich and still love money. See? That was a good one. So the idea around this is that your mind is consumed over money. That is the danger there. Now, I can relate to all these illustrations, you know. I'm not perfect, and they all applied to me when I was growing up. And before I came to Christ, my heart was hardened to the Word of God. You know, I've heard the gospel so many times growing up, and it was just like in here, out here, whatever. But, you know, that, uh, that was then. But in Ephesians 2.1, Paul says, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you formerly walked according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. So everyone here should be able to relate to all these different examples. Because, you know, at one point of our life, we were all dead in our trespasses. And we all walked form, um, formally walked according to the course of this world. So these illustrations should not be a surprise to anyone here. And finally, we get down to the good soil. And others fell on the good soil and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. For that one, we'll go down to verse 23. And the one whom seed was sown on the good soil, this is the man who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and brings forth some hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. So this is now, this is the good soil. This is that soil that you find at Bunnings. You know that soil where you just cut the packet and it's nice and soft? Not the soil in your backyard, but the, the one that you just plant the seeds and it grows. That's the soil we're talking about here. Now this good soil, it has been compared to someone who hears the word and understands it. Now in order for a person to understand and hear the message, his heart must be receptive open and teachable. A receptive, open heart produces good fruit. Jesus says this and mention, he mentions this in Matthew seven fourteen. So every healthy tree bears good fruit. The diseased tree bears bad fruit. So just like when we're planting seeds on the ground, the message of the kingdom, it will gradually grow. We do not plant seeds and expect to see a plant the next morning. You know, growth takes time. And this is why it's called the Christian walk, not the Christian run. So don't be a, that Christian guy that gives his life to the Lord and is on fire for Christ, wants to change the world in all in one week, and then come find out when hard times arise, he's, he's walked away from the faith. You know, and we hear that a lot. It's a common thing in the younger generation. Did you know that a plant does not decide when to bear fruit? It just happens. In the same way, we can't decide when we bear spiritual fruit. It just happens. 
By the way, the fruit that I'm talking about here is um, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Just in case some of you are thinking bananas, apples, wrong fruit. So uh, fruit naturally comes when we remain connected to the vine, just as though like an apple tree remains connected to the soil. <laughs> Jesus mentions this in, in John 15:5. He says, I am the vine and you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him bears much fruit. But apart from me, you can accomplish nothing. See that last part here? It says, apart from me, you can accomplish nothing. So in Jesus, everything. Outside of Jesus, nothing. Zero. We are responsible to keep the soil in good condition. Good soil, when you're planting a tree, it needs, what does it need? Sunlight, water, and nutrients to grow. Just like our hearts, it needs God's word. It needs teaching. He needs and prayer to grow. Same, you see the connection there? So I guess, church, we have to be careful how we're hearing the word of God because this plays a huge part in our understanding. We're not just coming to church every morning, sit along, sing songs, raise your hand in the air, then go home and totally forget everything. That's not how it works. This is why Jesus says, he who has ears, let him hear. Faith comes from hearing. Good. And without faith, it is impossible to please who? God. Amen. It's a classroom. <laughs> so time's up. Final words. So before we close up, I just want to finish off with Encouragement Church. Um, for those that come to church every week, and sometimes you could be here for different reasons, but if you come to church because your wife drags you to come to church, or you come to church because your mom told you that if you don't come to church, you're going to hell, whatever the reason, if you haven't given your life to Christ, don't reject them any longer. Because the more your heart becomes harder, the more it's hard to receive the word of God. Let's all continue to open our hearts and allow God to speak to us. Verse 23 says, And the one whom seed was sown on the good soil, this is the man who hears and understands. Hearing and understanding. Repeat after me. Hearing and understanding good so after church when we go outside have a cup of tea make sure you talk to the person next to you and say did you hear and understand the message if you didn't you come see Kennedy after church understand but you know church it's very important that we believe the message of Christ because only then and only then will you fully understand what Jesus has done for us on the cross. And that's the main point here. What Jesus' sacrifice has done for us is the reason why we come here this morning. That's it. Amen.